Welcome, everybody, to episode four of the Corporate Global Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And this is William Spicer. Spicer. Got, got a show for you today. We do have a show for these people. That we do. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we have a show for you. <laughs> the, we do. And we're, we're making it right now. <clears throat> and uh, week two is in the books of the NFL. Uh, we're so happy that you're here listening. Uh, if this is your first time, we are talking specifically about our Dynasty League fantasy football, uh, but also sprinkling in some good bits of information for you uh, from all types of things. So stay tuned. Um, Spicer, I just wanted to ask you, did week two, uh, did it still feel unreal to watch live football again? It did. It did. It felt, it always feels surreal to watch the NFL. I think this whole season might feel like that. Um, yeah, but it is incredible. It's an amazing thing to have Sundays. Sundays for football again really does feel like normal. And wow, just NFL red zone. That, <laughs> that the, just the stimulus is off the charts. So you did it again this week? Yeah, we, uh, we did do it again this week. We had to use like a stream because you know they only did the first week free but red zone does like totally change how much you are allowed to care about fantasy to me in a lot of Mm. ways in a fun way yeah i could definitely see that i i unfortunately was driving uh for most of the noon games this week uh back from a camping trip so i missed a lot of football and i was i was salty but i listened to the titans radio which is always joy um i I really i'm not joking i really love listening to the titans on the radio yeah that's because Um, those radio guys are genuinely so good and the coach like their color on that show uh dan mcginnis i think's his name he is incredible yeah they're both amazing. Um, so that was a joy. Um, so I, I did miss out on the kind of the rush of kickoff, but uh, I'll be right back on my couch this Sunday to make sure I'm, I'm there. And we also have the SEC football back this Saturday. So <clears throat> things are still amazing. I'm still soaking up every minute of it. Um, Sunday night football was amazing. Uh, Monday night football, yikes, I lost a lot of money. Uh, that was rough for me, but yeah, I'm still happy football's back. I hope that for the rest of the season, it still feels like this. I don't want to take it for granted because it does still, even though it's back and it feels amazing, I do still think like everything is holding on by just like a thread. Like yeah. it just feels like everything could just all collapse uh, without a moment's warning with COVID. But we're not going to talk about COVID because that's not what this podcast is about. We're going to talk about fantasy football. So um, Spicer, I have to say uh, the two of us, sitting up near the top as two of the only three 2-0 teams. How does it feel to be in first place? Oh, you know, it feels pretty good. The I, I, I was talking to uh, another general manager, Mr. Wyatt Keener, a.k.a. Huckman, a.k.a. the Winter Faces, and about this. And one of the things that I was thinking is, like, I just don't have, like, really any injuries. So... That's been like the biggest thing for me is just that, like one of the reasons I think I'm up like two and zero is just that I haven't had to deal with that yet, and so many other teams mm-hmm. have. Yeah, talk about the carnage of the NFL this week. <clears throat> a lot of huge names went down. I lost Saquon Barkley, which is a major bummer. After already losing Michael Thomas, I just feel like I kind of can't catch a break. But part of me feels like I 
I mean, I can complain because he is debatably the, you know, top three dynasty asset, but uh, I'm not alone. And so I guess because everybody else is getting hurt, maybe I'll, I'll survive. But you, know, you had Christian McCaffrey's going to miss some time. Cortland Sutton's out for the year. We already lost Marlon Mack. Uh, Kittle's hurt. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on names, I know. But there, I mean, there's just so many guys that are hurt. Did you say Thomas um, already? Did you talk about yeah. Godwin already missing the week? Yeah, Galladay. Godwin missed the week. Uh, Galladay, who I just traded for, uh, you know, I lost him. So um, I guess that with, with that, we should talk about the trades uh, here at the top of the, the podcast. So first up, we have uh, Rob Griffith, Ruddy Rodriguez, made a, a pretty, I think, a pretty good pretty good move here, trading with Noah's team. Um, <clears throat> let's see, Rob sent away Zach Ertz, tight end, and got back two running backs. He got back Benny Snell of the Pittsburgh Steelers, my boy from Kentucky, and David Montgomery, uh, young running back for Chicago. What are your thoughts? Oh, I'm pretty butthurt. <laughs> we can talk about this later because I feel like, I feel like uh, you, Mr. Hunter, Pulled some. We're we're doing some puppeteering behind the scenes about this whole trade. I am not convinced that there was not some sort of. Hey, Rob, if you if you can get your running backs from Noah or Spicer, aka Aaron Jones for Zach Ertz, straight up good one on one trade. You know, because it tied in, and then that you were going to send off send off for Jonathan Taylor. I am convinced that that was what was happening. I have no idea if it is, but I'm going to believe my conspiracy theory about it. And that 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 I was being puppeteered behind the scenes for John, for, and I was desperate to get Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely desperate for you not to have him because he's good and a player you love, and I could not let you have both. <laughs> I'm well, just so much hurt about it. <laughs> Let me just put your conspiracy theory at ease and absolutely confirm that that happened in real life. Yes, I knew it. I so 100% knew it. Let me tell you. So I woke up after the week week one had settled, looking at my team. Uh, I did win and everything, and I was feeling pretty good. And, you know, aside from losing Michael Thomas, which we talked about on the last podcast, my theory was kind of to go all in on winning. And when I saw that Marlon Mack was out for the year, I sent Rob a text and I said, I want Jonathan Taylor. I'm willing to overpay for him. What do you want from me? And I was determined to get him on my team. Uh, as many of you know, listening, I'm a huge Colts fan. And with the potential of having their new star or, or not having their new star running back on my team, it would have it would eat me up for years to come. So I knew I had to get him. Uh, but the problem is Rob had, and, and look how quickly things change if you look at his team now, but uh, at the time, it looked like he had hardly no starting running backs. Uh, Devonta Freeman w- w- hadn't signed with the Giants yet. Leonard Fournette hadn't had a good game with the Bucks yet. And so he's sitting there and he's like, I don't, wouldn't mind trading you, but I, I really can't afford to. And I was like, well, what if you like do some type of other trade to get a running back? He was like, okay, like I'm going to try to move Zach Ertz. And at that point, I was like, I'm going to help him move Zach Ertz. This is going to be like a three-team trade, but I'm just helping Rob find the trade. Um, I'm sorry that I was the victor in this and that you missed out. Oh, no, it's okay. I like Here's here's really the thing. I'm I'm upset because... I think that what I was offering for Jonathan Taylor had some merit. 
like it's not quite this, but I probably would have gotten something close potentially. But uh, I think I think I was more mad because I'm just like, dude, I'm not trading Aaron Jones for Zach Ertz. I don't care about your tight end premium. And then this week he popped off for 45, and Johnu popped off for 25. So I just felt vindicated, being like, yeah, I didn't trade for Zach Ertz, and that's fine. So that's mostly how I feel at this point. Yeah, Aaron Jones, uh, we might talk about him later, but he he had a great week. Um, I I like the trade for both sides here. I think for Noah's team, it shores up his tight end position and gives him a a chance to continue to compete this year. Uh, Rob, we'll talk about your team here, I guess, in a second when we run through the the matchups. Unfortunate 0-2 start, but I, I genuinely think that your team is a dark horse for the playoffs this year. Um, don't don't panic. David Montgomery is good. Um, on a, I mean, well, the Bears are two and zero, so I can't say they're a bad team. But um, I'm not in love with the Bears. But he scored 21 points this week. Uh, he, <clears throat> sorry, he's young. Uh, I did give him a disclaimer that I, as much as I love Benny Snell, <clears throat> Benny Snell, and he's probably my favorite running back uh, in the league because he went to Kentucky. I don't think he's a long time starter. Uh, but Rob wants to believe in him, and that's great. Yeah. Uh, the next trade was I then as soon as that trade went through, uh, Rob and I did a trade. I acquired Jonathan Taylor. I sent to Rob Le'Veon Bell, my 2021 first round pick of yours that mm-hmm. I have been holding uh, from a, a previous trade, and then my first round pick uh, for next year 2022. So Rob gets uh, what your first round pick will probably be a late one this year uh and mine i would assume next year will also be late but you know he's going to get two top 10 rookies uh the next two years and he gets levy on bell when he comes back from his injury um i thought this was a fair trade for taylor uh what about you um yes i like i do think like value for value this is more of like i don't love levy in general so like like if I was doing like stats on it, I would say it's fair. My personal opinion is like I would never do it for Le'Veon, but that's just like a player per preference sort of deal. I think like by numbers, it would be like it's fair. Yeah, especially when you're considering he's going for like a pseudo rebuilder, like trying to just go ahead and get young now. So, yeah, absolutely. I thought if you're gonna give away Jonathan Taylor at this point, you you have to get back. Uh, some potentially good assets. So if either of our teams end up performing poorly, then you know maybe he'll one of those first round picks will creep up a little bit, and uh, he'll be able to to secure a future star. And then Bell should at least this year give him some uh, solid play at running back once he comes back from from his health or, or from his injury, I should say. Uh, then the last trade before we move on is I did a simple a classic hunter trade where I just wake up and realize. You know, I have Mike Evans and he's amazing, but I kind of just want this other player instead. And I just did a one-for-one trade for Kenny Galladay, who hasn't actually played this year yet, of course. Uh, I thought he was going to play in week two and he didn't. Um, But my thinking here was, you know, I took Mike Evans maybe like, I think I looked, it was like 10 or 11 picks before Galladay. So it's not like there's a crazy difference there in value. Uh, they're about the same age. Mike Evans has played more seasons, He's but he's only a year older because Galladay came out of college old. And for me, what this was, was at so, a certain point in Dynasty, you just want your guys. And for whatever reason, I've just like, I guess, heard and always 
loved Kenny Galladay and thought he was going to be a beast. So I hope that I'm proven right in that because Mike Evans looked amazing with Tom Brady this week. Yeah, except Tom Brady still had such a lackluster week overall. Like if you, he's he's been quite disappointing. Yeah, absolutely, especially for fantasy. Yeah, I've heard some I've heard some whispers from uh, from the winter faces about him might having to ride the pine soon. Yeah, you know it. You you take a guy like Joe Burrow at the number one overall pick, and you can only leave him on the bench so long. Might the be fans, to- yeah, they're they're getting they they have they're waiting on the jerseys to release. They haven't gotten those yet. Joe Burrow hasn't started. Maybe maybe the jerseys and Joe Burrow are all in this one sun like this one week all at once. The fans are gonna love it. Yeah, I think I'd like to see that. All right, well, let's get to the matchups uh, from week two. Uh, we both mentioned we, we won. Uh, I had a very close matchup against uh, Ryan Oding, who had a tough go of things to start. Uh, he's going to start 0-2 now, um, and that's all Russell Wilson's fault. Uh, <laughs> I was down big going into that matchup. Uh, he had Tyler Lockett in Sunday Night Football. I had Russell Wilson, and as they say, let Russ cook. I'm going to keep letting him cook. Uh, five touchdown passes. Just He was amazing against the Patriots. Um and if you look across my team, losing Saquon Barkley, I still feel really good about them. Uh, once I get back my two other receivers we've already talked about with injury, I like my team. Ryan, um, you had a tough go of it starting Jamal Adams. I, I assume he thought that was going to be the, the Jets running back. But all faithful Frank Gore came in there and took all those points. So he got a zero from his running back spot, which uh, probably would have put him over over the top of me if he had started that. Um Talk me through your matchup. Uh, it looks like you had a pretty big uh, blowout. Um, I did, yes. I played against uh, my friend uh, Ruddy Rodriguez, a.k.a. Rob Griffith, a.k.a. Touchdown to Abbey. And, yeah, he had a tough one. He, he, was, he was in the throes of making all those trades, trying to retool his team. And then, like, he had injuries this week. <clears throat> and then, on top of that, he has to have, like, the injury of, like, Fournette final, like, being the week that he pops off down in Tampa, him with him on the bench though, and James Conner actually being healthy and then having a good game, and I have him, so like he played Benny Snell, so it's sort of like a I think so it's like a double negative for him because James Conner played and Benny Snell didn't get as much, so it was a perfect storm of a nightmare week for for Rob I think. It was, and like I mentioned earlier, I really do think, Rob, that you you can come back. An 0-2 start is not a death sentence in fantasy. We've got plenty of time. We got we got six playoff spots, and I think one of them could have your name on it. Um, you may have to make some more trades, though. Uh, I think you've got your quarterback spots locked up. Your running backs now are great with Singletary, Montgomery, uh, Bell. You now have Devontae Freeman with the Giants and Leonard Fournette possibly starting in Tampa Bay. So from one week where you were panicking at running back, you now have a a wealth of running back, even enough where you may have to look at trading one of them (laughs) for a wide receiver. Who would have thought? Uh, Because you unfortunately lost Cortland Sutton. So uh, maybe look to make some moves there. Maybe trade one of those first round picks, get you somebody to start a wide receiver. Next up, we have the newly rebranded Flaming flaming Hot Cheetahs, uh, GM'd by Noah Moyers, narrowly defeated Wyatt Keener's winner faces by five points. This was a really close one. Uh, huge performance from Kyler Murray for Noah's team. Uh, both his running backs did well. 
uh, unfortunately lost starter Paris Campbell uh, for lo- what looks like for the season for my Colts, which is unfortunate. Uh, anything pop out to you about this matchup or from Wyatt's team? Uh, Wyatt, with a, a tough week, he has a lot of, I mean, his team is just very good. And so I feel like he, he might more than anyone have the most decisions to make every week, like on a week-to-week basis about who's starting. Uh, for his, especially for his flex spots, like that last spot is so tough. And then he just had some, you know, points on the bench last week. Yeah, I'm looking at his lineup. I, I think he did all the right choices for this week. Uh, but you're right. It, he is going to have a lot of tough choices down the road with, uh, he's got all these young running backs on his team that uh, they're going to be inconsistent. It's going to be hard to pick the right one. And then, you know, he's also got uh, Terry McLaurin who, did bad week one, had a great bounce back, but Naheem Hines in the flex with one point is going to kill you. Um, all right, next we have the popular ballers, uh, GM by Aaron Park, uh, took an eight-point defeat to the God Kings of Brady Hyen. This was a good matchup. This was a good matchup. You've got the popular ballers who look like they're just having a rough go of it this week, losing McCaffrey for several weeks. Rough game by Gurley. You had Julio Jones. Dak had like negative one points at halftime. Yeah, and then Dak almost puts up 40 points. I know, that is unbelievable. That Dallas game was, that's why we watch football. Like, my goodness. Talk, like, that game going into, like, putting us into Sunday night, that was what made me realize, like, oh my gosh, this is really amazing that football is back because that... That free, that freaking onside kick where the Falcons just stared at the ball like, what were they doing? Golly, can you imagine how mad are you if you're Matt Ryan and you're just watching your special teams just look like they've never seen an onside kick before? Just oh. like, uh. I, I don't know a single Falcons fan in real life, but I can just only imagine like after the Super Bowl a few years ago and like a, a loss like this, like. I don't even know how you continue on being a, being a fan of that team. Um, but yeah, a tough go for, for Aaron. Uh, Will Fuller with a goose egg. Austin Hooper underperformed. Uh, I've been telling you that was going to happen for a long time. Um, but yeah, a great bounce back for Brady. Uh, relatively low score, but he pulls off the victory. And uh, he's got some injuries as well with uh, Malcolm Brown and Devontae Adams. So uh, we'll see what happens there. All right. And then our last matchup is... The other two and O team, the Matriarchs, Katie with them. What'd you think about this? Another another close game. Another close game. Monday night, like win for Katie. A huge comeback, and we'll. I, I have some awards to give for for her team. Uh, as we when we get to the awards section, but yeah, I mean her team is doing exactly sort of what we thought. Like they are good right now. Like. I mean, the big one, it's DeAndre Hopkins. Just unbelievable. Just, I cannot believe how good he is still. He is. He is a a tactician. Um, I love watching him play. And, uh, you know, we hadn't talked about this, but uh, Justin Herbert got a surprise start Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the last minute on Sunday as... um, Tyrod Taylor had some kind of chest pain or something like that and went to, to the hospital. Uh, they threw in the rookie, and that was a game I got to watch a good amount of, and I, it, he looked pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I was very impressed. Uh, he had one silly decision where he threw that interception when he could have run for the first down. But other than that, uh, it looked like he was just 
like ready for it. He didn't seem nervous or anything like that. That's what you want from a rookie quarterback. Um, he even had a good fantasy performance. They, they say they're not going to start him if Tyrod's healthy. I think that's idiotic. Um, <laughs> you drafted this guy to be the future, let him play. But <clears throat> um, all that to say, uh, Katie, I've talked about your team a lot, and it keeps proving me wrong. Uh, I hope for you that it, it continues to do so, especially if you get Herbert uh, as a solid starter. Brady might be regretting that trade already. Um, also, uh, a note is <clears throat> she's a team that also got very much better after the injuries because she had so, mm. she had so many of those older backups. So like Dion Lewis, she just has hanging out right. So now she has another option potentially at running back for Kenyon Drake, who I get who I guess would probably be like would he be considered the biggest bust so far in fantasy this year? Just like slight like underperforming or the feeling of underperforming. Yeah, I think he's. You know, I know he had a lot of hype in the fantasy community this year uh, with the Cardinals offense uh, at 14 points week one, 11 points this week. So he's been fine, but it definitely not, you know, if you were hoping he was going to be your like RB1. Yeah, that's a disappointment. Uh, let's see. And then we have Colton. Yeah, poor Colton. Uh, man, rough go of it. He's 0-2 and, and has scored more points than any of the one and one teams and he's not too far behind all of the two and O teams and points for uh, just two rough close losses to start Colton you're going to be fine hang in there uh, if Garoppolo is healthy uh, especially you, you'll be okay um, uh, also I need to I, 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 I forgot to say on the show last week uh, because he made a trade for Calvin Ridley that I gave him a ton just a ton of hell for because he traded to Hunter which it's just a no-no, as we heard with the Jonathan Taylor trade. It's a no-no, everybody out there. Don't don't give Hunter your sheep or your wood. He can't build any more cities in Catan. So, uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley blew up again. Yeah, he popped uh, off. He's are we amazing. seeing the passing of the torch from Julio Jones to Calvin Ridley? Oh, I'm sure not. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, this is just, I think this is the same thing that the Titans had. The Falcons and the Titans are pretty similar but to me in a lot of ways, but like one of the big ways is that they just double, everyone doubles Julio, right? And so it's like, can Corey Davis or can Calvin Ridley like pick up the mantle when you're one-on-one? So very fair all right well we are now going to introduce a new segment this is going to be a recurring segment each week spicer and i both have some awards to give out they're going to be the same awards each time so give you all something consistent to look forward to uh we'll we'll alternate one by one spicer do you want to start with your first award absolutely okay everyone so this first award for the first time ever because you know we are we are PC, progressive people. So this is called my my sex up or shut up award. So normally that would be the word nut, but that is silly. <laughs> so we're going to call it sex up or shut up because that's really what's going on. So, um, And this is like, this is essentially for the, the GM who I think made the best, like, like either like last minute swap or like takes a risk on starting someone like if you would have started justin herbert this week you would have definitely got that and especially if they do well um so this week mine actually goes to you hunter for jonathan taylor because i like mm. sort of similar to wyatt with Hines. like i feel like you you know which one's gonna be one but just the backfield by committee that the colts have been doing for so long i feel like that is a tough start most of the time and you were in a close game so 
that's that's my award for this week. Why, thank you. I was very happy to plug him in. Um, I'm glad that it worked out that he <clears throat> he actually did like be, become a true starter and didn't give up too much work to Hines. And now I really need him to continue that because I lost Saquon, so he's automatically plugged into my starting lineup every week now. Um, my first award is the Corporate Global Workman of the Week. Now, sometimes this might be a white-collar award. Sometimes it might be a blue-collar one. just depends on <laughs> how I'm feeling. This is a blue-collar award right here, and I promise we did not plan to give each other our first awards, but that is the case because Aaron Jones on your team, Spicer, is my Workman of the Week. He put in work. This dude had 18 carries for 168 yards, two touchdowns, another 68 yards catching the ball for another touchdown, scoring over 40 points. I don't even think you needed him to do that much. It was just like rubbing salt in Rob's wound, unfortunately, as you pounded him for 60 points. Um, and it, I'm sure it felt so gratifying for you, as you already said, after you uh, you know, received these trade offers for him. Uh, I think you need to get him out of the flex and uh, put him uh, starting up there at the top uh, of your lineup. Over Alvin Kamara and Josh Jacobs? Just as an honorary uh, oh, I see. for a week. No, he's, he's still got to work hard down there. He's still <laughs> trying to come up through the ranks. His three-cone drill is not where it needs to be. He's, <laughs> he's still got work to do. He had um, one good game, okay? Let's not, let's, not, let's not put him in the Hall of Fame already. Well, uh, he at least gets the Hunter Hawes Corporate Global <laughs> Workman of the Week award. All right, what's your second award? So my second award... This is the Bless His Heart Award. Oh. And th- this goes to the player who... This this award could be given multiple weeks to the same person. They just can never get out. It's kind of like being... Um, uh, this, another name for this award could be being uh, put on notice. Maybe that we should have a segment called that, that we're going to put you on notice. So, uh, so the Bless His Heart Award for this week, which is being debated about whether it's going to be called the... Um, you know, the other thing I said, I already forgot, um, <laughs> is uh, T.Y. T. Hilton. Dude, that dude has struggled. This is, I am afraid this might be the collapsing of like, like getting, just getting older kind of stuff. And I mean, new quarterback, but man, he has looked not good. Yeah, probably a big part of Colton's first two losses is is having to trust T.Y. Hilton. Uh, obviously, love him as a Colt, uh, but he's at, he's at that magical age when receivers hit thirty. Some of them are able to push through, and some of them are not. And you know, he's got a lot of competition around him. Uh, well, not as much now with Paris Campbell getting injured, and maybe that's what it takes for him to to get it back on track fantasy wise. But with Michael Pittman, and you know, now you got the Jonathan Taylor situation uh mo alley cox tight end put in some good work so yeah ty hilton i think you should put him on notice as you said um unfortunate uh to see a colt on the list but i think you're spot on ty hilton you have been put on notice (laughs) bless his heart all right for my second award uh this is kind of a segment and an award at the same time uh we're going to take a look at the multiverse of sports I just paused there for a great sound effect that Brady will surely edit in post. All right, so what I'm going to do here is we're going to look into the multiverse of sports real quick and talk about a what if and then apply that same logic to our league to see if what if somebody did this, what would it have led to? So first up is I'm going to start with a pretty big one. Um, Spicer, what if David Tyree did not make that amazing catch in the Super Bowl back in 07 for the Giants and then the Patriots would have went undefeated as Super Bowl champions? What would our life as sports fans look like? 
Hmm. Well, so so we we'd be looking at what is that? Would that be six, seven Super Bowls for Tom Brady? Is that Oof. right? Would that have been the seventh? I shudder at the thought. Yeah. Ex- well, so there's number one. Could you imagine? The fact that the fact that Tom Brady hasn't surpassed Michael Jordan in number of championships, I think drives him absolutely bonkers. I think that that is I think that once Tom Brady beats Michael Jordan, he will quit. That's that's my opinion. So I think that Tom Brady might have retired already. Hmm. Uh, maybe I want that to happen because I'm very ready for Tom Brady to get out of here. Um, that that is a good possibility. I think um not that I really know any Patriots fans anymore per se, but they're already unbearable enough. And can you imagine if they had actually gone undefeated? And it's like, we would have had to listen to that forever. <sighs> like that team would be talked about forever. It would be shown like clips of the game and everything would have been shown before every like start of the season, every Super Bowl. like, Oh, the, undefe- the only undefeated team in the modern era, I mean, it would have been miserable. Um, it might have led to fewer Super Bowls from them because maybe, maybe even like Belichick. I don't know. I think Belichick, it's in a similar vein, is holding on for getting the most wins by any coach. Uh, they showed that graphic on Sunday night, and if he if he has like you know four or five more like winning seasons, he'll he'll become the coach with the most wins. So maybe he's you know holding off for that. But I don't know. I don't think it, it, they would have completely disbanded the dynasty, but um, it would have been unfortunate. That's to say, uh, the least there. So. <clears throat> Moving back to our league, a what if. Colton, I think you've gotten a lot of heat this episode. I'm sorry. Uh, You're going to get some more. So you started DeAndre Swift in the flex uh, one week after he lost the Lions their game by dropping a pass, dropping a touchdown pass in the end zone. And maybe you're an optimist. Maybe you thought, oh, he could have caught that and he would have scored so many, so many points. Um, But you, you, you set Tyler Boyd on the bench, uh, uh, who I think you probably drafted at a high enough spot where you should have been starting him. Uh, uh, he only had seven points in week one, but that was Burrow's first game. Uh, I would have expected him to take a big leap up in week two, and he did. He scored 20 points. And, you know, I'm no math genius, but eight more points for you would have given you the victory, and uh, that would have put you at one and one. And actually, because of the points tiebreaker, would have had you all the way up in fourth place uh, instead of eighth place. So that's my my view into the multiverse of sports yeah tough colton we want to get you on the show so you could have a chance to defend yourself i feel i feel like you need to be the first person on especially because not everybody uh knows you in the league so absolutely uh keep an eye out in your dms uh all right uh, spicer do you have a third award i do indeed and this oh you gotta save the best for last this is the Pinchable Cheeks Award. And so this is just that player that, like, you see their week. Maybe you watch their real-life game and their fantasy score, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. You are just so cute. I want you on my team. You are so good. That's that's what this award is trying to get at. And so for me this week, uh, just watching Darren Waller on Monday night, just, like, it just keep racking up and going and going and going was just, like, it's like... <clears throat> It's like a montage at, at the casino that a movie does. And you just see all the jackpots spinning. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. And like Bugs Bunny's eyes are hearts now. And it's just like in dollar signs. It just keeps going up. And so, uh, so Darren Waller gets my word. Also, he is just a handsome man. Honestly. <laughs> he, uh, he does have a good look to him. He's a big man too. Six, six. <laughs> yes. He's very tall. Uh, the Saints just couldn't do anything 
to stop him. Like they talked about this in the game, but they tried several different things. They they never doubled him though, which I just don't understand. Like he was just gashing them. Twelve receptions for a hundred yards, and like they pl- they tried zone that didn't work. They tried man to man. He just he's a big problem uh, for people. And uh, this is where the tight end premium really shines because with those 12 catches uh, and hundred yards for a touchdown, he got 34 points for Katie. Uh, and she was, she was losing to Colton going into the game. Uh, I think by a good amount. And uh, that, that gave her the victory. So uh, uh, also I, I do want to talk a little bit of football strategy because that it is interesting that they never tried to double team because like, and I guess it's because if you double team him, then like you can't cover Josh Jacobs out of the backfield super well. And then that person is one-on-one and you just have to say like, I'd rather Derek Carr throw it than Josh Jacobs be able to just have it dumped off to him. Yeah. And I, you know, I can see that maybe for six or seven catches, but 12 times. That's true, dude. Yeah. It's like, I mean, Sean Payton, uh, you've won a Super Bowl. What are you doing? I don't know what they were doing, um, but it was, it was some bad defense by the Saints. All right, my final reward, and again, these will be happening every week, so get comfortable with these. Um, this is less of an award and more of a, uh, a prediction. So I'm going to put my neck on the line. As you all know, I like to have some <laughs> hot takes, uh, and I'm going to name this the Dion Lewis uh, Hunter's Hunches. That's what we're going to call this. Uh, as everyone knows, I famously predicted Deion Lewis would be the better running back last year, more productive running back for the Titans. Uh, and then Derrick Henry led the league in rushing. So uh, it was tough to swallow that one. Um, you know, he's he is slow, as I like to say. Um, and we can talk about my Derrick Henry takes another time. But here's what this is. I'm going to identify uh, every week on a losing team a kind of like a, a risky play for you to do. And what it's going to mean is you're going to take a player from your bench and you're going to start him over someone in your starting lineup. You don't have to do it, but if you do, uh, you'll probably do better. And we're going to keep track of this every week. So we're going to put up the two players next to each other, see who scored more points, and I'm going to keep my record so you guys can see if I actually know anything or if I'm just full of hot air. Um, I think I already know the answer. So this week, my advice goes to Huck Van which is Wyatt Keener. And uh, yours is easy because you've got so many uh, tough choices. But right now, you've got uh, Robinson for the Jaguars starting at running back. Now, let me tell you, I think that's a mistake. And it's Thursday night football, and that might be exciting to watch him play on Thursday night. But listen, I just don't think you need to have this guy in your starting lineup because he had one pretty good game. But you've got Joshua Kelly from the Chargers, who I am starting to fall in love with. Dude had like 20 carries last week. I know he has Eckler, but I am guaranteeing you that Kelly is going to outscore Robinson this week. So that is my Deion Lewis Hunter's Hunches of the week. Amazing. We'll see. I will say uh, the only thing that I could, I have a feeling that the argument, I'll, I'll, I'll always play the other side in these. So I'll always be <laughs> the, the person coming back. But the only thing I would say is that uh, I guess Miami's defense is better. I just never trust Miami to be able to do anything. Yeah, I mean, they haven't looked... But, Carolina, but Carolina is terrible. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. Carolina has been so... Do you, did you see what Josh Jacobs did to them in week one? <laughs> uh, I do. He was... Yes, I do. I do indeed know. Yeah. So, and then the Leonard Fournette tore him up this week. So, yeah, I'm just saying, put Joshua Kelly in over James Robinson and 
and profit. It's as simple as that. Uh, hey, so, and maybe you'll get maybe you'll get a, another award for making that play. You yeah. might. That is why we do this. So those are our awards of the week. Those are recap of the league. Uh, we're going to wind down today's episode by uh, just giving you some thoughts on the AFC South. We'll probably end every episode this way, as most of our people are Titans fans, and I'm a Colts fan. Um, Spicer, I'll let you start with your Titans. Uh, what do you think about the victory over the Jags? Yeah, Titans, Jags. Uh, so, you know, one thing was me playing. So I played John New Smith, and he really popped off. Like every, he had four catches. Two of them were touchdowns, and, and like one of them was like a seventy-six yard reception. Like he was just, I'm gonna have make everything I touch count. Uh, so there's part of me that's happy because the Titans have never been had the potential for big plays until A.J. Brown came last year, like ever, or since C.J., C.J.2K, really. Mm. Uh, so it was very exciting to watch against the Jaguars defense. That's, like, decent, right? Like, they're not a slouch of a defense. Yeah. And for us to be productive and put up 33 points. And watching Ryan Tannehill throw the ball, like, he's had two solid fantasy weeks, but, like, watching him place the ball has been a real treat. Like, he looks like he can actually throw the ball to a place where – it's like, oh, only my receiver can catch it, and our receivers actually like catch some of those balls now. Um, so that was really uh, helpful. Also, I loved seeing Goskowski get the win again. Another like Man, come down about to that, go- and just like, and then on top of that, I love that like Lambo essentially lost the game for the Jags. Like his squib kick into our front line and he just fell on it right before halftime. Did you see that, Hunter? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I was driving. That's what I thought. Okay. So with 16 seconds left, the Jags scored before halftime to make it uh, 14 to 14 maybe? At half, like right, right before, or 7-14 right before halftime. And so they tried to squib it because there was 16 seconds left. So, you know, they're trying to squib it back there to burn burn some clock out. And when he squibbed it, it hit the inner leg of one of the the front, the front blockers. And it just the ball just stopped. It just deadened against his leg and he fell on it at the 40. And we still had like two timeouts. So Tannehill, we ran two plays and then kicked a field goal right before halftime. That was the difference in the game. Wow. Goodness gracious. Yeah. That's crazy. I uh, I thought this this game actually made me feel better about the Colts losing to the Jags week one uh, because I think I, I do think expectations play into these guys' minds a little bit as much as they would probably like say they don't. But like everyone thought the Jags were going to be terrible and thought they were going to be tanking. They got rid of so many of their skill players. Like they got rid of Fournette. They traded a bunch of people away the last couple of years, etc. Um, but they're not garbage. Like. Minshew is playing really well. Uh, their defense, which used to be really good, and then sold all the pieces. Looks like I don't know if it's coaching or you know. I know they have some young guys that are decent on defense. Like they're not bad. So I don't feel as bad about the Colts. Uh, surprisingly, losing to them week one. Um, I did think the Titans would win by a little bit more than this, but um, I, I think this kind of plays into my theory from last week when I was talking about the Titans as the Houston Rockets. And I, I did tell you all that, you know, what they're, the Titans offense, it, it works until it doesn't. And like I said, it's like they're built to play from a winning position. And when the, the Jags like started to cut into that, like th- like this is a, a scenario where like, it could have gone wrong. And this was the Jags. So like 
if the Titans get behind, I just think they're going to be in trouble this season. Um, but they, they were able to, to hold on. And it's amazing that Gus, <laughs> it really is that Gus Gowski was able to hit another game winner, two game winners after one of the worst starts to a season by a kicker ever, if, if not the worst start. Um, Derrick Henry, kind of another inefficient week for him. Uh, only 84 yards, didn't find the end zone. But I'm happy for you that John New Smith did well. I know we we texted about your fantasy team's tight end. And, uh, you know, tight ends, unless you have Kittle, uh, Ertz, or uh, Kelsey, like, it's kind of a dart throw. And every week, there's going to be a few guys pop off, like Waller and John New Smith. And then, like, next week, those guys will have, like, a, one catch. So um, that's just how tight ends are. But I hope John uh, continues to do well. He's, he's a pretty athletic guy. Uh, I like him. Um, the Colts did great. Uh, I think this was the Colts team everyone was expecting and predicting for the season. I do think the Vikings are bad, but, uh, maybe they're even worse. Like they don't have digs and I don't know. I I mean, man, they looked really, really bad. Uh, I only got to listen to part of that game as well. Um, it was on the radio and that was fun to listen to, but, uh, Jonathan Taylor, man, I just, am I allowed to just think he's like going to be the next greatest running back of all time? Um, you're allowed to think that for sure. I, I, I I don't necessarily think that, but like out of the rookies this year, he certainly looks the most poised to have a career that is good and longer, especially he's set up for success at the Colts with Hines and the offensive line they have. Like he, he probably has one of the best coming other than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like, probably one of the best rookie running back situations. Yeah. I think he's built better than Clyde is for like a traditional running back role. Like since Clyde's so small, like he's going to have to seed some uh, roles as a running back. Whereas uh, Jonathan Taylor is a, a bigger guy. He's like almost six feet and he's like 220, just like a, a big dude that can kind of do everything. Um, I don't know. I mean, he had, I think two receptions in this game, but that's still going to be Heinz's bread and butter for a while. But if he can work in some passing work, like he might become, you know, one of the top five to six uh, fantasy running backs at the very least. But Philip Rivers did Philip Rivers things like that's fine. He he did enough. The scary thing for me is that with Paris Campbell getting hurt, T.Y. Hilton not producing, like I I hope that we get Jack Doyle back soon. And that Michael Pittman, the other rookie, can like step it up because I don't want this team to like fall apart. But uh, I, the other thing I was going to say that I learned from this game is that Diggs is very good at football, and I know that I my, gave myself a lot of crap for trading him away for Juju. But so far, like man, Josh Allen is good. Yeah, like Josh Allen feel like when you watch him he's he feels a lot like kyler burry as weird as that sounds like he like he runs so much he's so valuable running the football which is unbelievable to me yeah they are very different runners but they both do give you that uh like if things are falling apart in front of him or around him he can just run out of it uh but he's just he's a big strong dude and as opposed to Kyler, like what i love watching kyler murray like scramble and run because you can just tell he's a baseball player like I, oh yeah you're you're right he, he's playing like he's in he's in like a pickle right now and he's just running yeah. back and forth yeah that makes sense and i love watching him slide like man you can just tell like oh that's a baseball slide like 
dude is so good that he had a touchdown in week one and two rushing that I don't know if you saw it. week one was more impressive but both of them were just insane like I hope that that guy gets to stay healthy and and keep playing because I love watching guys like him like he's like a little younger uh Russell Wilson but yeah so Diggs missing from the Vikings definitely hurt them and then to round up our AFC South recap we had the poor poor Texans having to start facing the Chiefs and Ravens that is horrible yeah, that's a that's a tough draw, and they they and they got Thursday night against the Chiefs, which I feel like the Chiefs are such a classic like they're going to win on a primetime game sort of team. Oh yeah, absolutely, Mahomes. That's his his time to shine. And the thing for the Texans that's terrible is this week, week three, they have to go at Pittsburgh, so it does not get any easier for them. Um, and like zero and three is not the way you want to start. Um, I don't know. I'm not writing them off for the season or for the division or anything yet because I do think they're really good. Um, but it's going to be tough if they start 0-3 to have any chance against the Colts and Titans. Yeah, and the Jags. I like. Yeah. I think the Jags could, could beat the Texans too. And they, they, they got to... I feel like Deshaun hasn't found what to do without, without Hopkins. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people thought Fuller would be that guy. Uh, he was not that guy at all this week. Um, and yeah, I don't. Brandon Cooks did okay, I guess. But uh, I was sad to see David Johnson. I mean, I guess because they were playing from behind, he he didn't get as many uh, times to run. And that Ravens defense is good, so we'll see. The jury is still out on the Texans, but uh, as it stands, the Titans are right now in control. So uh, enjoy it while it lasts. We'll we'll revisit that in a few weeks. The Colts have a very nice schedule coming up. Well, Spicer, that's all I have on the AFC South. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I don't think so. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed your time, and we will see you back here next week.